0: i'm amelia and i'm sophie and welcome to so ma so good a fruits basket reboot podcast here we talk about uh right now we're talking about the first season of fruits basket um we try and keep it spoiler free we are manga readers and we're not considering anything that has been adapted to season one or season two a spoiler anymore but anything that has not yet been adapted to the anime is a spoiler, and we'll put any time if we slip up, I'll put that in the description down below, as well as content warnings. Um, so let's talk about episode 13 of season one, where we get to meet King Ayame Sola. Sula. Imagine pronouncing mispronouncing Soma after however many episodes of podcasting you say some fucked up version of Soma that doesn't sound anything like it despite having read and watched this fucking show for like a decade anyway I
1: am Soma <laughs> <laughs> that's the energy we need going into this episode about IMA
0: yeah <laughs> it's not even his first name I just pronounced his last name which is everyone's fucking last name in this show <laughs>
1: um IMA IMA I fucking love this guy icon he's just he's
0: so good he's a really fucking funny and b very interesting and multi-layered despite being like a spectacle he's like a spectacle of a person um yeah
1: he i feel like takaya is good at giving her like more minor characters layers yeah it's
0: like it's A, I think, easier to do just because it's so fucking long so you just have more time to spend with everyone, period. But even though it's like, I mean, is not in very many episodes or chapters of Fruits Basket um, but she uses the time with him well to both A, let him be just a absolute baller of a com- comedic relief character and also just a really fun and interesting character. Um, yeah, yeah, I love him. and he.
1: I also like like I think he's very dynamic in that like she could have just defined IMA through his relationship with Yuki and left it there, but he there's a lot more going on and like he has more relationships than that. It, it was a good choice.
0: Yeah, for sure, he's great. You um, like yeah, you see him through his relationship with the Mabudachi trio, which I've been I've been on a Mabudachi kick lately. So, I don't know what I'm going to be bringing to this podcast. Um, if I start <laughs> talking about their sex lives too much, I'm only a little bit sorry. Um, <laughs> is our podcast marked as explicit? Like, we
1: swear a lot. We but... do swear a lot, and it's not marked as explicit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, no one pays us to do this, so it's fine.
1: True. Uh, we, and we I don't consider no cursing
0: a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, and it's not like Ayame doesn't volunteer information about his own sex life in canon. So yeah. like, it's fine. Um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Like, it's like the adults, the fucking adults, and their sex lives.
0: So fucking so s- funny. Just chaotic, All stupid. All of them are making bad decisions. Like that. Every right single there one is someone in their mid twenties.
1: Um, Literally. <laughs> like, it's oh like, my god, like, I realized that IMA in this episode is one year older than me right now. Rough. Hate that! <laughs> but, like, but also, like, one good thing about, like, growing up with something like Fruits Basket and, like, going from being a child to an adult is that you start to understand a lot more about the adults and where they're coming from. And, like, a lot of, and, like, we'll talk about it a little later when we get to this scene, but when IMA is, like, in the restaurant, like, talking about, like, how he views his younger self, like, I think that's a really good and, like, accurate representation of what it's like to look back at your your younger self in your mid-twenties. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: I'm not quite in my mid- I'm in my early Um, (laughs) twenties. I'm solidly in between the ages of, like, the high schoolers in the show, and the adults. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you're Akito's age. age. <laughs> I, <fuck>. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say Akito is like a good example of what your sort of average maladjusted 21 year old looks like. But, you know,
1: <laughs> I actually disagree. I think and like, this you think like your average 21 little... year old? No, no, no. I think like, here? like, Aki- no, Akito's like <laughs> Akito's whole arc is about having like, to rebuild their identity, to having to build an identity, like, outside of what has been defined for them before. And I think being in your early 20s, and, like, you know, graduating college, like, you are, like, suddenly thrown out of the in- all this, like, environment that you've been in your entire life, and you have to rebuild your identity around that. So I think in that way, like, Akito is a good representation of what it's like to be in your early 20s. I guess you're right. <laughs> but you haven't gotten there yet. Also, you're still in college.
0: I'm still in college for, like... I've got one more semester of undergrad people. Almost there. Uh, yeah. But anyway, it's not about
1: Akito. <laughs> it's
0: not about Akito. This episode has not very much to do with Akito, except as like sort of a background factor, faith that affects every single Soma's life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, like Akito is there in the background as a presence always when talking about literally any character. But this is not an Akito episode.
1: No. Uh, yeah. Um should we talk about the episode? Yeah, let's talk about the episode. Um, um is Yuki's mommy and Yuki would like for her to feed him. Yeah. <laughs> the way he looks at her. I'm like, <sighs> that's the way like a child looks at his mommy. He's he's like doesn't wanna like ask, but he's like <laughs> he least like, puts
0: on the puppy eyes and is like, Well, I am getting pretty hungry. <laughs>
1: So funny. (laughs) Dora's
0: like, okay, I'm going to go make lunch.
1: (laughs) If Yuki didn't have a horrific relationship with his real mother, he would be like a mommy's boy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) God. Like, truly. He would be a mommy's boy if his mother was not fucking awful. Yeah. Um, So he gets to discover being a mommy's boy later in life. (laughs)
1: <laughs> except with someone like three months younger than him <laughs> yeah <laughs> it sure is
0: a dynamic it's it's like it's interesting because I feel like that dynamic has so much potential to be extremely fucking cursed and it somehow escapes it I'm like you really I feel like 90% of the time you start projecting your mommy issues onto a person it like is truly just poison for the relationship um
1: but it, like, works for them, you know? Yeah.
0: It's surprisingly functional.
1: It's the mommy issues dichotomy of Fruits Basket and Evangelion. <laughs> yeah. Like, the mommy yeah. issues in Evangelion are so insanely, like, radioactive toxic and yeah. just fuck up everyone's relationships with their peers. Um,. But no, in Furt's Basket, like, yeah, like, Yuki and Toru, like, it's just very sweet. Like, he just, like, loves her a lot, and it really just ends there. Like, he just fucking loves her.
0: And it's, like, I think it helps that, like, he's definitely is, like, projecting a certain, like, he's obviously projecting some, like, mommy issues onto her, and, like, really has, like, benefited so much from her, like, emotional support and her, like, looking out for him and taking care of him. But it's also, like, not a relationship where he's, like, being taken care of and is like the one like he's also looking out for Toru he's also it's like it's it's a reciprocal relationship like he's not like he's he's also being there for her so it which makes it less fucking cursed
1: I also think that like with Yuki in particular um and like this is a very stark difference like when you compare it with something like because like Fruitsoskin and Ava like the mommy issues are a both a big thing in both of them but the difference between Yuki and Shinji is that I th- Yuki views woman and Toru as a person. And yeah. Shin- and and when it comes to like those really cursed like mommy issues like what Shinji like has with his mommy issues with like Rei, um is that like Shinji doesn't view women as people and so he's like slotting her into this role as opposed to looking at her like a a human being who has her own interiority. Um but Yuki can see that Toru is a person. He respects women. Um, like he understands that, like she has her own shit going on, um, and so that I think, like, really stops it from getting like really twisted.
0: Yeah, he doesn't have a Madonna whore complex, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> which I think sometimes people, like, characters who have like mommy issues, definitely like do. Um, where it's like you're either someone I don't respect or you're someone I think of as mommy. And I also don't respect,
1: but in a different way. Um. <laughs> oh, and then also like like when it comes to like Yuki viewing her as a person versus Shinji, not is that it stops it from getting that like weird sexual element that happens a lot the when a- you like go down mommy com- issues. Complex? Yeah, like yeah. because he views her as a person again, like he's not like objectifying her in that in that way that like Shinji objectifies women. Yeah, and it becomes this like weird sexual thing.
0: So, <laughs> anyway. We just talked about Yuki's mommy issues a lot um, but
1: <laughs> well, they, well he she's his mommy.
0: Welcome to the least cursed mommy issues in anime. Uh, it literally
1: anyway. is. <laughs> it literally is. Yeah. Um,
0: and then Toru stumbles upon some clothes in the woods and is like Um, this is probably a Zodiac member. I know this shit. And then Ayame
1: is, um, bad. (laughs) Ayame? King, no, it's not the move.
0: It's, It's not a... I know you are a cold little snake and you're just like, I'm a cold little snake and I don't want my body to start shutting down. Um... But you could have gone into her pocket or something. You could have been like, "Hey, I Yeah, you could have said I'm, something. I'm, like, yeah, I mean, I guess he didn't know on instinct that it was Toru and she was like in oh, the right. know about the curse. Um, he doesn't find out until he like
1: gets back to the house. Um So what you're saying is that IMA just crawls up complete strangers clothes. Yes, that is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Because that's what he did. Uh, <laughs> that's what he did. Canonically, he curled up a stranger's clothes. Um, yeah. Which, I think he doesn't understand exactly why that's a problem, but he should. I think yeah. he
1: should understand. <laughs> no, yeah, in Ima's mind, he is just a little snake. <laughs> but in everyone else's mind, he's a 26-year-old an man. man. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um... Uh, are we moving on to the house? Yeah, they get to
0: the house. Like, Yuki sees whatever, sees the snake and is like, "Uh uh-oh. And then they get Um, back to the house.
1: I love that Shigure has just, like, he just has, like, props on hand to, like, fuck with Kyo. Like, he just had that (laughs) bullshit. (laughs) Like, just, like, easy access. He's like, he has, like, a bunch of, like, props, like, hidden around the living room. So, fuck with Kyo. And today it was the Miso and Leeks that he just had to fuck with Kyo. I
0: like how Kyo was, like, I know you're bored, but can you not fuck with me for entertainment? <laughs> and Sugar is like, I would never, Kyo. And Kyo is like, I'm not stupid. I, <laughs> I've known you my whole life, and I know what you do. Go
1: read a book. Leave me alone. Oh, so funny. Also, weird translation note, but Sugarai calls Kyo Kyo-chan, and they translated him as darling wild wild decision that's a very i didn't think that that was the connotation
0: <laughs> yeah no I think he's like I... babying him yeah
1: i think it's like see yeah
0: there's the, the, i wouldn't have translated it like that i don't know exactly yeah. what i've translated it as but not darling whatever
1: it would i i don't know yeah i mean i guess you can't really i guess in english you would add like an ie to the end
0: kyoi but that you can't work. say
1: kiwi. <laughs> it's like I think like
0: like they were able to have like when IMA calls him Kyon Kichi like I think it's like they just kept that.
1: Kyon they should just I really don't like when they translate honorifics like that because it's basically impossible to translate honorifics because yeah. we just don't have the connotation any words with that kind of connotation. Um I just prefer when they just leave it as yeah, me because too. then we can just make our own we can come to our own conclusion about We what can it
0: means. like look up the wikipedia page on what all that shit means like everyone does when they're like in middle school and they're like what the right. fuck are they calling each other <laughs>
1: and that was like, actually one there. of a couple of strange translation choices in the subs of this episode yeah yeah then yuki rocks up
0: then yuki rocks up uh which is, you absolutely picked that up from me <laughs> i, I know i so up. did <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's funny when I can hear my own things and I start saying too much leak into the way my friends talk. Anyway, um, Yuki rocks up with his iconic, let's skin this
1: thing and eat it. Definitely top 10 iconic Yuki moments.
0: I love that. So like n- so- Not
1: only do I want to murder my brother, I would like to consume him. <laughs> like That's how mad like- I am. And Shigeru's like, oh, Aya's here. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he, like, he, like, takes off his glasses to, like, inspect. Like, it would be anything. Like, as if Yuki would just walk into the house holding a snake by the neck. <laughs> how fucking, <laughs> how boss would that be if Yuki walked in with a random, like, actual snake? And be like, let's eat this. I am, he's like, an albino snake. Or-
0: Except he has, like, yellow eyes. But whatever, he's, like... Not a—it's not a common snake coloration. I have no idea what fucking species he's supposed to be. He's uh, magic.
1: That's the species. <laughs> you
0: know, sometimes you are a biologist and you're like, "What
1: the <laughs> fuck is that?" <laughs> no, but do, I thought there were little white, little white snakes that hang out in gardens, like a corn snake. Those things are not white. Um, they're like yellow. They're like yellow and white. Um, yeah, they're yellow and white. That's the yellow eyes, white hair.
0: Okay, sure. He's a corn um, snake.
1: <laughs> are corn snakes in Japan? Um, <laughs> I don't fucking know.
0: Anyway, uh, moving on from identifying the species of IMA snake. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously it's fucking IMA. Like, who... What else? Why would Yuki otherwise bring a white snake into the house that he's holding by the neck in a rage?
1: Because um, also, here's my little headcanon: <laughs> is that Yuki is actually afraid of snakes. Because <laughs> it's instinctual, because he's a rat. <laughs> True. And snakes eat rats and like rodents.
0: Lots of things have an instinct to be afraid of snakes. Yeah. It's like why cats are sometimes afraid of cucumbers.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: it's like an evolutionary thing we see like a long snake looking thing and we're like i don't like that
1: uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what happens next yeah
1: Yuki... oh and then yeah so then they like put him away and they're like yeah, yeah they... this is Ima, and he's yuki's brother and Taru's like Kyuki's what now? <laughs> <Hello>? <laughs> and then Ayame like transforms and is like And starts his like yeah. Tamaki
0: Suo monologue. His Tamaki um...
1: Suo monologue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever he's like doing his thing and like all of a sudden roses appear, all I can think is how much him and Tamaki Suo are doing this fucking same
1: bullshit. Um Oh, and I wanted to say fuck I forgot to look up his name. Uh, I don't know his name, but the guy who plays Ima in Japanese. Also plays Reagan Arataka in Mob Psycho 100.
0: How does it feel to be the funniest man in Japan?
1: Funniest man in Japan. Truly, like, and also, like, I like both of them. Like, I'm very nostalgic for um, his English voice actor. Can't remember his name either. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm very nostalgic <laughs> for his voice actor because he's, like, I don't know. His lines in the OG are truly some of the most iconic in, like, early O's anime. Yeah. Um, But, like,. Not only is his Japanese voice actor the funniest man in Japan, he's also like an amazing like dramatic actor that we see like later in the episode. Um, he's just like really, really amazing. Like, can't stress enough like how good he is. I'm very glad that he got this role. Yeah,
0: he kills it. Um, thank you, King. I truly, you are the funniest man in Japan, and also just a fucking powerhouse. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. um I miss Mob Psycho, anyway.
1: Yeah, <laughs> same. Come back, Mob Psycho.
0: Mob Psycho season 3 win. Um nice. So he starts doing his Tamaki Suo monologue with the roses, and everyone is like, hello? And is like, yep, this is Irene, <laughs> my best friend of my entire life. And everyone else is, like, dying. Like, their brains cells are, like, turning off. Like, everyone is, like, getting, like, radiation poisoning. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like is happening to Yuki and Kyo this whole episode. They're getting radiation poison.
1: Years are being like sloughed off of Yuki and Kyo's lives. They're, like in this moment. It's like you're watching them age. Like, just <laughs> They're <like>. aging rapidly.
0: <laughs> you can see the energy sapping away from them, the life draining from their eyes.
1: At least they can like now like they they like big brain cell fuse in this episode because they just like both can't handle IMA. Um yeah. But like at least like like before this, they just had to deal with him on their own, or more likely with Kyo. He had to deal with him with Haru, and I just feel like Haru would totally <laughs> enable Ayame. Like I just think Haru would get a kick out of Ayame. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> so now they have like camaraderie.
0: <laughs> yeah, I you know I think maybe Haru actually doesn't like Ayame very much. Oh yeah. Because I think he kind of begrudges him the way he t- treated Yuki as a kid. Because hmm. when he hears that IMA is over, it's like, A, he's like, uh, co- obviously concerned just for Yuki's well being, and he's like, he knows this is a lot for Yuki to handle. But he also, it's like, Momiji's like, oh, maybe I should go say hi or whatever. And like, Haru immediately goes to, I'm gonna go fucking call Hitori to go deal with that guy. That's a fair point. And I can see, like, because Haru is really protective of Yuki, and I can, and he's also. The one that screams at adults when they're letting children mm. get treated like shit. So I can see him actually holding that against him.
1: Okay, you made points. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Haru's easygoing like ninety percent of the time, but every now and then there's people he doesn't fucking like. Yeah. We um, never see
1: them interact, ever. We so. don't.
0: <laughs> Might be for a reason. Or because Takaya can only draw so much.
1: Um <laughs> 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 Or because there's a thousand characters in Redstone. <laughs> <laughs> Infinite fucking characters. Literally. Right. I really like the way that they establish IMA and sugary's dynamic. Um, like, I like. I just love, like, how obvious it is that the way that they speak to each other is fully to entertain one another. That's completely why. And, yeah. and like, it really, like it matches up like very easily with sh- like it's a very natural extension of Shigurei's sense of humor um but instead of doing it to like fuck with other people like he's just doing it because like he knows IMA loves it and he loves it when IMA does it to him and that's just like totally what their yeah. dynamic is it's great. and you like
0: they've known each other that like they grew up together they've been in the sa- they went to all of school together like they probably like didn't start spending any significant amount of time apart really until they graduated high school
1: so, or did they like, go to college together? I know that they hung out in college, but I don't know if they went to the same college.
0: Oh, true. Yeah. It it might have been until Sugar Ray got fucking. Oh wait, is that a spoiler?
1: Anyway. It might have been until Ima moved off the estate. <laughs> yeah, true. He probably moves off the estate first. Yeah,
0: that would make sense. Because it takes a while to like establish a business. I don't know. He's probably yeah. been at it for a while, and he's not very old. So yeah. Um. He's got, like, a brick-and-mortar shop and everything, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, but they've, they've spent so much time to, together that it, like, it comes really, really naturally to them. Like, there's there's no, like...
1: They, they just are at it instantly, you know? Yeah. Um. It's great, and I love, like, just how much it's repeated like every single time A and may interact (laughs) every single time they started off with some bit like this and everyone else in the room is like please stop talking about
0: fucking each other please stop talking about fucking each other (laughs) everyone is like I don't want
1: to see it I don't want to see it and they're like no you will Ima is very guilty—not Ima himself, but Takaya writing. Ima is very guilty of the like it's extremely homophobic, but it's also insanely funny. thing. I know, and fucking,
0: why does manga do this to me? Where it's like being gay is a like it's it's homophobic because it thinks being gay is a joke, but then I, a gay person, also thinks the joke is really funny. So I'm yeah. just like, this is at my expense, but it's so funny.
1: And, and the thing with Shigure and Ima too, and. Whatever Takaya, the thing with Shigure and Ayame is like that is how gay people talk to each other. Oh <laughs> gay people flirt with each other like crazy, like just for fun, like we just do. Yeah. It's just a thing, like- and like everyone, everyone in the gay community knows that. So the fact that like Shigure and Ima interact with each other like this, like it's homophobic, but it's also queer coding.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, they do fuck though. I do fuck, I know yeah, Takaya wants wants you to think it's a joke, but they do.
1: Um, yeah, it's not a joke.
0: <laughs> it's not a joke. I'm, t- <laughs> I'm sorry you accidentally made gay people
1: text in your manga, Takaya, but you did.
0: Like Shigurei was
1: already bi-coded. Yeah. Just, and um, everything about Ima is gay-coded. <laughs> Every yeah. aspect of his um, personality, th- except like, for his literally. girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ayame is like a bisexual that you forget as a bisexual. Yeah. It's like every now and then you meet bi guys and they're like very flamboyant and then they have a girlfriend and you're like, what?
1: Yeah. No, that's exactly what Ayame is. Yeah. And then there's uh. Sugare, who's the, yeah, the other kind. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Two different flavors of, bi- like, two no, different sh- flavors hey, of bisexual. You know those like
1: like bisexual guys who like only date like queer girls? No. <laughs> no! Shut up! That's what
0: shut sugar up. is!
1: I hate you! That's exactly what he is! Fuck
0: you, Sophie! Fuck you! Ah, I'm going to kill you!
1: I... <laughs> That's canonically what he is.
0: You're not wrong! <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah Hatsuri is the straightest seeming one but I think he's not straight anyway um, yeah Hatsuri's I'm got some shit to unpack uh yeah uh, he definitely doesn't identify as like gay or he doesn't like Hatsuri refuses to identify as anything but straight yeah, but, agree. Um, and I don't think Shigurei I think Shigurei is one of those people I, I think actually I think Ima and Shigurei are both people that are like oh I don't like labels <laughs> <laughs> they're just, I'm just me. I just do whatever.
1: You're so right. <laughs> um, yeah. But he is the straight man.
0: Yeah, like, in a comedic sense. In a comedic man. sense,
1: absolutely. Um,
0: <laughs> right now, yeah. Every now and then, truly, Yuki and Kyo for the episode will fuse into the episode straight man. <laughs> mm, yeah. And they did that was this they did that this episode where they're just like okay. We it's like you know what Kyo and Yuki are like. It's like I grew up with two childhood cats, right, and they fought constantly and did not get along until we got a dog, and then they started <laughs> getting along because they
1: had a common enemy. That's funny. But that's what they. But that's what they are with like Ima, and that's also how they are with like Haru sometimes. Haru and Momiji when they start yeah. acting up. Yeah. No.
0: They they will. Joined forces to be the reasonable one if they need to, yeah. Yeah. Also, just often, or even if Shigure is like picking on, the, or like yeah. if Sugar is making fun of them, often they'll both be like, "Shut the
1: fuck up." Yeah. And then we have this like a breakneck conversation that Ima, like kind of like he doesn't have it with Toru as much as he has it like at Toru. <laughs> yeah. I it's a re- I think like that whole like thing like where he's like bring me lunch and they're like you're being an asshole and he's like oh I'm sorry bring it at your leisure it's very uh I I, I just think that this whole opening scene really sets the stage for like who IMA is as a person and how he's just this like he's well-meaning and like I think like he thinks he's being like really nice and friendly but he's just like so self-centered that it doesn't occur to him that like he's being offensive
0: He's, like, bulldozed everyone his entire life, and no one has been able to stop him except for one person. Yeah. So, and because he is, I think, a good-natured guy, he doesn't understand a lot of the time when he's bulldozing people. So he just continues to steamroll everyone in an interaction with him ever, and the only people who can kind of deal with him are Hatori, Hato- uh, who can, like, make him do things, and Shigure, who can't make him do things but can match him for bullshit.
1: Yeah, um, and like Sh- Shigure mentions this at the end of the episode that Hatsuri is the only person that Ima respects. But I, that is like fully true. Like Ima doesn't <laughs> respect other people. He respects himself <laughs> and he respects Hatsuri, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. But that's where a lot of his problems stem from. Yeah,
0: it it really is. I like it. Like it makes sense how
1: he got that way, but he really yeah. doesn't like
0: respect literally anyone except for himself and Hatsuri, and that's it.
1: Yeah. But yeah, they have that whole convo. And then I did want to say the that it this shot in particular was really nice when Ima pulls Toru around the door and down the hallway. I just took note that it was like a really nice, like, fluid shot. It looked nice. Good.
0: I had, like, very little, very few notes on the directions of this episode. Like, it was, I didn't find a lot of, like, horrible crimes, nor did I find, like, anything particularly striking, usually. So it was...
1: I think... I, I I agree with that. I did have one crime, mm. but like as we've said, like I think Ibata, um, his best directing is usually the comedic parts of Fruits Basket, and this episode is very heavy on the comedy. Yeah, and so I think it kind of lets like Ibata's style, like kind of like take the backseat because Takaya really manages to like carry, like her writing manages to carry it.
0: Yeah, for sure and then yeah they end up in the um gyoza like the it, there's a, it's like a restaurant it's like a ramen yeah, place it's like a little they restaurant. get they get gyoza um, i do think i think it's funny that we have this like spit here where the two people walk by and are like debating the gender of ima and I think it's, it's like, really funny that, like, this is something that both Ima and Yuki have to deal with, and they both have such different attitudes about it. Ima is like, I am the most beautiful, androgynous elf man in the entire world. Um, Bathe in my glory. I want everyone to think I'm hot, ever, and feel confused and upset about it. Um, and Yuki's like, please, I'm a boy. Please, I'm a boy. Please stop
1: calling me pretty. Please my masculinity is so fragile. <laughs> because the IMA like, doesn't have fragile masculinity. He doesn't. No. He's very comfortable in his gender. Whatever his gender is. He's very Whatever component. his gender
0: is. His gender is Bimbo.
1: <laughs> oh my god.
0: <laughs> he's like the same gender as like howl moving castle.
1: Um <laughs> Um so true. Yeah, so they go to this restaurant. And then Ima Ayume... <laughs> when Ima is like convincing to- Toru's like oh my god like i left them at home without food like they're babies and they're going to die and Ima's to- like they're fine. Um they're- he like <laughs> he does this thing. It's it's interesting because like Ima and Yuki they both do this thing. Where they use their charm and their looks to influence people, but the way that they, like, look at themselves while they're doing it is very different. Like, like you were saying, like, Ima is extremely confident. He, um, like, doesn't take issue with the fact that, like, people, like, aren't sure if he's a man or a woman. Like, he probably, I think he's, like, an exhibitionist and he likes being looked at. Yeah and so like I don't think that like IMA views this kind of manipulation as like a bad thing at all and he like very fully leans into it whereas like Yuki really like it's something that Yuki dislikes about himself that he does to get people's approval. But it's the same like thing, like they're they just like flirt and like flatter to get what they want. And
0: they like they and they'll use it to like Yuki like changes the way he does it over time. Like in the beginning of Fruits Basket, he's using it just to like as basically like his one social capital, because he doesn't have a lot of social skills. He's been extremely isolated as a child. And this is the only way he can really figure out how to get positive attention from his peers. Um, and also he'll use it with Toru in the beginning, just to like, if he's in an co- uncomfortable situation, he'll deflect with it. Like, re- Like if she's focusing on something that he doesn't want to talk about yet, he'll catch her off guard and like redirect the situation using a bit of flirtation. And then later on, he uses it just to kind of, like, joke around more so. Um, because he's gotten more comfortable. He's, he's formed more, like, genuine connections with people. It's less, like, he doesn't really have a goal in mind, I think, when he's doing it later on. He's just kind of having fun. Um, while IMA never, he also, IMA is also socially stunted to a certain degree, um, just in a different way. And, uh, he, he will, he's, I think more like, he knows, he's like, I can get people to do stuff. I can, I can get away with stuff doing this. I can get people to do what I want with this. I can get out of a, whatever situation I want with, like, you know, because mm-hmm. that's, I mean, he, anytime, it's just like, if he runs into literally any problem, he comes, he found, he uses the same solution, which is just start bullshitting out his ass. Yeah. With like a bunch of weird sparkles. Yeah.
1: Um, um but yeah, no, you were saying that Yuki does do it to entertain himself, which I am a I realize that I am A also does. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They have weird similarities that Yuki I like
1: yeah. I like the similarities. Like they're um like I like I like that they're not like personality wise, they're extremely different, but the way that they like go about things is like pretty similar.
0: It works really well as, like, characters who are siblings, where it's not like, oh, these characters are siblings, so they're really similar. Or these characters are just, like, characters... Like, it makes sense, like, the amount of similarities they have relative to
1: the differences, it feels very organic. Yeah, for sure.
0: So... Yeah, and then
1: they start, like, getting into it. <laughs> then they get into it.
0: Um, where I may starts talking about, like... I do think it's, you know, one of his few moments of consideration where he's like, I'm not going to tell you Yuki's, like, tragic backstory on his behalf. Like, Mm -hmm. he's got enough. (laughs) Every now and then he has a moment of he seems to be aware of other people's feelings. um, Where he's like, oh, that's not mine to disclose, but obviously Yuki and I get to have some issues. Um,
1: Did Actually, so the way that I interpreted that was that he didn't know the details. Is that not how you... Do you think that he knows the details and he made the act of choice not to tell Toru? Um,
0: I think he... I mean, I don't think he knows all the details. But I I interpreted it as, like... Like, all of the Zodiac members knew a decent amount of what was happening. Like, hmm. he didn't probably know every specific. But he knew okay. enough that he, I think, would have to deliberately, like keeps some stuff like I think he was it was a deliberate choice to be like this is not mine to share
1: Okay,
0: that's how I'm interpreting it um
1: yeah I think you're right I think I was hung up on the word details (laughs) because he says I can't tell you the details yeah no I think no I, Uh, I think you're probably right yeah so I am a talking about how he forgot that he had a brother I really like the way this is written and also as someone who has a younger sibling who I barely interact with and like to the point where like people in my life don't even know I have a brother because I straight up never mention him um like I think this is good writing (laughs) 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 obviously like uh, we obviously it's very different like (laughs) I'm not in this situation uh, but like the way he talks about it like it's it's interesting like it it shows like how like like I am a like is very, very self-centered. Um, mm-hmm. And he has to actively work to be compassionate. Um, and it's something that he had to teach himself to do as an adult, because obviously no one in the Soma family was teaching compassion. And he's not... There are Somas who are compassionate, but it's because they're naturally compassionate, like Haru. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: it's just part of their personality. Um, whereas with Aime, it's not. Um, and also, like aside from the self-centered thing... like. Big age gap, ten years. Is big age gap. Um, he has his own shit going on with the zodiac. He, we see later that like Ima also has a bad relationship with their mother, um, and also that like I Ima doesn't fit in with the Somas, like the his personality it just chafes against the conservatism, um, and so. I think, like, that combined with, like, all of his own, like, innate personality shit, like, it makes a lot of sense as to why he basically just forgot that Yuki existed and the fact that Yuki was isolated.
0: Yeah. I think, like, for sure, like, everything you said, spot on. I think also, to a certain degree, I think they were probably also, like, deliberately kept apart by their mother, um, where she's like, I fucked up with Ima. That one didn't come out right. Uh, <laughs> he was impossible to control. I couldn't get Jack him to do jack shit, um, because I Ima for all his faults has like a real strength of personality, and you can't yeah. Yeah, no one can tell him what to do except for Hattori, yeah, s- the single person. And so I think she didn't want him influencing Yuki. So I think like a Yuki was just isolated from everyone. Um, Ima had a lot of his own shit going on is self-centered and then also was probably like encouraged to stay away from his younger
1: brother Mm -hmm.
0: um and therefore yeah he had like no connection with him as like a because i mean he was already 10 when yuki was born and then for a lot of then he was a baby, and then when he started becoming a person, he was locked away, and Ima was like a teenager trying to figure out how to like escape a cult.
1: <laughs> right. Like. <laughs> yeah. And I also like okay, so like now we've established like yeah, I guess like like Ima would assume that Yuki was having a bad time living with Akito, um, but I think that the people who knew the most about Yuki's situation were probably Hathor and Shigure, just because of their proximity to Akito. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that probably also contributed of, like, there's no motivation for him to approach Yuki because he doesn't know the extent of his suffering, and also maybe doesn't want to know the details because it's too much.
0: Yeah. I, for sure. I think he was not, as a teenager at all, equipped to handle that situation. Mm -mm. Like... So I think, yeah, there was a certain, there was deliberate ignorance of like, if I do, like what I don't know can't hurt me. Like I can't take another thing on my plate right now. And my tormented little brother, I don't know how to deal with that. Yeah. Like he certainly knew something bad was happening, but he wasn't in a position where he felt like he could do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is, yeah, like why we start, I think part of the reason you don't see him reach out until now where he's an adult is because like he's established himself like away from the somas he's like in a way more stable place in his own personal life where he's like able to feel like a he's like looked back and realized i think like he makes this he says this thing like when you grow up like things you didn't understand as a kid suddenly become clear to you which i think is like very true and so he like looks he's able to like look back and like add things up and realize what some of his actions were um and obviously he feels awful about it um and and also now he's in a place where he can like try and do something about it where he's not like trying to escape a cult and deal with his mother and all of this other bullshit um and also, Yuki is in a more accessible position. Ima doesn't have to individual like go get an Akicho's face about it. Yuki's yeah. already with Shigure in a place where Aki- like Ima can interact with him off like the like in our house of the Somas.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, true. And going off like what you're saying about like you know looking back at your actions when you were younger, like I think it is like I think as a teenager. Just like in general, you're figuring out who you are as a person. and because you are so preoccupied with that all the time, teenagers are just very self-centered in general, and that's fine. Um, it's not a bad thing. It just is what it is. But when you are like like when you're when you're finally in your mid-20s, And you've kind of found (laughs) who you are, like, as an adult, as well as as your own individual person, but who you are, like, in the workings of the world, you're able to look outside yourself and, like, see other people and their struggles um, in a much clearer light. Um, And so I think that's why, like, him coming to Yuki, like, as a 26-year-old, like, makes a lot of sense. Because he's figured out his own shit, and he's now able to realize, like, what his mistakes were, why he made those mistakes. Um... And he's like able to see more clearly that like Yuki is also an individual who like might need help. Yeah,
0: I I loved the detail that he was like almost a little upset that Yuki wasn't more shaken up by seeing Akito. He's like, I know this kind of is a shitty thing to say, but I thought I would have like a chance to play big brother and actually help him, and now that I finally am trying to be there for him after I've failed, he doesn't even really need me anymore. Like, I've missed my window to be that person to him, I think is, like, what he feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I also took note of that. It's an interesting... Because uh, it, it also does show that, like, even though, like... Like, IMA obviously feels bad about what he did, and he cares for Yuki, but he is still very self-centered, and a lot of his motivation, like... Well, while his motivation is, like, I want Yuki... I want to be a person who yuki can come to um i think a lot of it is also like self-soothing like he wants to make himself feel better about his past actions yeah
0: but i think like honestly like something this i think is saying to some degree is like even if your motivations are somewhat selfish doesn't mean that they're necessarily bad motivations yeah if you're selfishly motivated to want to help people because it makes you feel good, then that's good, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's well that's that's also something that like Yuki deals with too is that like he's like I am motivated to be nice to other people because it makes me feel better about myself and like that's selfish and a bad thing. And Taru is like, "Well, but your actions are good like you make people feel good." Yeah, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> like it's fine.
0: Like You're even if you feel like this motivation is selfish, like you're still having a positive impact on the people around you and you're having a positive impact on yourself. So, why is this a problem? Um,
1: Shigure voice,
0: (laughs) 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 this is why we're Shigure (laughs) (laughs) stamps. Yeah, I think Um, this is this is why, uh, I think this might be why, um, Haru likes Shigure and doesn't seem to hang out with any he, Haru's favorite of the three of them is Shigurei he's the one he hangs out with the most even though Shigurei's kind of a dirtbag he's still like <laughs> the one that took Yuki in so, true like,
1: yeah well yeah Hatsuri and not Hatsuri um, Shigurei said direct action yeah <laughs> <laughs> even Ooh. though the motivation was um, one million percent selfish yeah he did end up like completely changing Yuki's life for the better it's,
0: it's like kind of like a, it, when you look at like the mabudachi trio which i like i've been thinking of them as a unit a lot re- recently um and i think that's like definitely coloring my analysis of this episode now that it's the whatever time i've seen it <laughs> um is like they kind of form a spectrum of like selfish motivations and like good actions where like i think Sugare is comfortable with way more amorality than IMA is um, and more like aware of what he's doing, is more deliberately manipulative, is more whatever conniving, but is also like, well, I'm helping people. Uh, and IMA is selfish, I think, by nature and feels feels bad like Sugare doesn't feel bad about it at all. IMA feels kind of conflicted about the fact that he's selfish. Um, and Hatari is so paralyzed by his own guilt that he does jack shit. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I well, I, don't, I
1: think that the Hatari really hates himself for it, honestly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's
0: yeah, it's like he's so. Yeah, he's he's become paralyzed by his own self hatred and his own guilt into like, just giving up and not he, whatever, he went through the things he went through uh, as a child and as an adult, and he's just like, it's like, you know what? We're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing shit, I've done so much bad stuff, and I'm a terrible person, and if I just never do anything ever again, then I'll die quietly.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna keep all my feelings right here and then I'll die. Literally! <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, He's just like he's—he's he's trying to har- do as much harm reduction as he can by just doing as little possible. Periodly, period. Meanwhile, Sugunari is like you gotta crack a couple eggs to make an omelet. They're a fun trio. They all—they're all characters.
1: Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, I—I I freaking love the adults in Fritz <laughs> It's
0: Such a mess. Um. Yeah. I want
1: to talk about my one. This was my one filmmaking beef with the episode all right um and it's the shot of ima brushing yuki off because mm. um, i think that it's one of for me one of the most memorable panels of the manga i think it's very striking um i don't think that the way that they adapted it was like bad but i didn't love it either like i don't first of all i really don't like the slow-mo and then they do the, like, I like that they, like, stuck with the, the very bright negative space that already existed in the manga in that panel. Um, but I wish it was, like, starker. I don't like. And this is, like, a problem that I have repeatedly is how fuzzy the, the like, harsh cold light that's backlighting is sometimes. Like, I wish they would just go with, like, a starker, cleaner um, backlight. Uh, Mm -hmm. I just like think that it would like look better, and it and it would also be more like evocative of the manga.
0: Yeah, the hazy quality kind of makes it gives it, I think, like almost a dreamlike quality that is ill fitting. Yeah. Um. Because it's not dreamlike. That moment is like it's something that's seared into his memory as like something really painful and something he can't forget and can't let go of. So it shouldn't be fuzzy. It should be painful and sharp and clear. Agree. We're going to take a long time breaking apart this little bit of the episode, if you can't tell yet, (laughs) listeners. This
1: is very, like, deep IMA character. Um, Perhaps I want to let my ignorant younger self off the hook by repenting now. I think a lot of characters in Fruits Basket um, are very self-hating. But I think that IMA isn't. IMA wants to forgive himself for what he did, because what he did was out of ignorance. Um, and I just really appreciate that, like, he has this narrative around how people make mistakes when they're young. Um, and even though you can't undo what you did, you can try and make an active effort to, like, repair the things that you damaged. Um, and I like that IMA it's like, I'm not going to hate myself for it, because really hating yourself for, like, what you did as a teenager is pointless you can't go back and change it so he like it's uh it's better to move if you want to move forward to just let it go and make an active effort as an adult to fix it um and I think that really he like as we were saying like Hatsuri fucking hates himself for the things that he did and now he's just stuck I I like that she like included that narrative for one of the characters
0: yeah for sure it's it's, like, it's, like, it's, 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 I think, like, one of the only ways, like, literally anyone on this earth, whether or not you drew, grew up in a crazy magic cult or not, can, like, just, like, be a sane adult human being. Like, you yeah. just, like, have to learn to, like, make peace with the person you are and the person, all the people you have been. Um. So, I think it's a good and useful storyline, and I think... It's a really like self-compassion is such a powerful tool, and then we move into this like response who has, right? And it's it shows that like having this compassion for other versions of yourself, I think, can also easily transfer into being a more compassionate person in the people with other people in your life, you know, like it mm-hmm. allows for more communicative relationships, uh, a greater sense of empathy, an easier time meeting people halfway, right? Um, if you're able to like look back on the person you were and the information you had and what you were feeling at that time and be like okay i understand why i made these choices because of this this and this and i just have to live with that and like understand that i was doing my best and doing what i felt like i had to at the time
1: yeah agree i love um, i also like that story the what you're talking about the story that Toru tells um i think it really shows that like the way that Toru views other people is fundamentally different from the way that the Somas view other people, in that Toru works entirely on empathy. All she does is put herself in other people's shoes and imagines what they need from their perspective, and it's just not the way that the Somas were taught to live, but it clearly was the way that Toru was taught as a child to view other people. Um, and I think it's one of the reasons that she manages to get all of the somas out of their shells so easily, um, is because she's just so compassionate and empathetic, and she can, like, she really has a skill for putting herself in other people's shoes. Um, yeah. And I thought, like, this moment where she's kind of explaining this thought process really it, encapsulates that, yeah.
0: It, like, it makes total sense. It's like, A reflects it, it it's a really good response to it pairs well with i am what IMA just said it characterizes the way toru was raised really well the kind of mindset kyoko had when she was raising a child and how that translated really well into the person toru grew up in um and and it makes sense that like the somas who all grew up in like survival mode they were trying to figure out just like how to keep them their head above water and so they could only really think about themselves because if they just didn't have any any other, like, extra energy, like, extra room in their head to try, like, they were just like, how do I get through this? Is the environment, like, almost all the somas were raised in. And then also they were raised to hate each other, and hate themselves, and all of this other extra toxic bullshit to just, like, mix in. Um, and, like, I think, like, honestly, and I also think it's kind of, like, This is, like, sort of a spoiler. It's not quite a spoiler, but, like, I guess I'll just, like, say vaguely, like, Kyoko had a hard upbringing. um, And it, like, but she grew up to be, like, a really loving and supportive mom who raised a really, like, loving and happy child who, like, Toru had some issues, has some issues, continues to have some issues, obviously is dealing with, like, recent grief. um, But the idea that, like, all of these Soma characters who had these like really rough lives are not doomed and they're not necessarily doomed to repeat the cycle because you see that like someone who grew up with like difficult things then raised a child who did not carry on the cycle that uh, her mother might have. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. Um, And I thought, I thought it was interesting. This is kind of on a different point. If you don't have anything you want to say in response to what I just said, um, That is like, oh, like, that thank you. I forget exactly what he says, but he thanks her. And she's like, I know, wasn't my mother amazing? Uh, And Ayami's like, I was talking about you, kid. (laughs) Uh, But I I think that was, like, really interesting in that, like, Toru is this wonderful, loving, kind person, but I think she views that almost as less an intrinsic trait of herself and more something her mother has, like, given to her. And so she's, like, dispensing her mother's wisdom, which is often somewhat wisdom of her own, but she's thinking of it as something that, like, her mother gave her that she's passing on. And I think in some ways it's, like, when you see the way Toru clings to her mother, like, she carries this picture around, she brings the picture to the hot springs, I think she's very much, like, not coping with the fact that her mother is gone. And she's Mm -hmm. trying to keep her alive in all of the ways she can by carrying around these mementos of her and like sharing what her mother said to other people by being like a conduit basically for her mother's thoughts and opinions. Um, I think in that way, she's like kind of trying to keep Kyoko alive um, both to herself and like, she's like, she's trying to keep her mom in the world. Um, And I think that's like a, I mean, it's like, I think a genuinely like sweet way to deal with grief and to deal with like honoring someone's memory is to like take the lessons someone beloved taught you and share them and use it to help other people I would love if that's how if I die someday and people did that for me but I think it's also kind of a manifestation of her like having a really hard time accepting her mother's death
1: yeah um also also I think that like a a little like different from your point but I think it does speak a little to the fact that Taru doesn't have a super high opinion of herself she thinks that she's stupid yeah um and so like and so when ima is complimenting her and saying that like i I don't remember exactly what he says either but he says something to the along the lines of like wow that was really like insightful um she can't take the compliment (laughs) because she just doesn't think about herself in that way she doesn't think she's smart
0: she has pretty low self-esteem despite the and she thinks the world of like literally every fucking other human being (laughs) 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 oh is that
1: imposter syndrome yeah (laughs)
0: that everything i want to say about that scene did we get through
1: it uh oh wait there was one more thing i actually wanted to say about toru's opinion of herself and the idea of like modesty in like east asian and japanese culture and that she's kind of like diminishing herself in like a cultural way Mm -hmm. um which again like we've talked about this before but like speaking to just like toru as a commentary on japanese womanhood yeah, she's extremely modest to a- the point where it hurts her self-esteem.
0: Yeah. IMA's the opposite.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I's <IMA's> not modest. <laughs> IMA is immodest. IMA has, like se- IMA has like the self-confidence to like command a fucking army. She <laughs> like- <laughs> has the
0: self-confidence to be like a weird, openly gay kid that somehow gets elected student council president. And is, like, beloved by the entire school. Um, Aimee. Oh, fucking legend. Uh, Alright. They go home. And then... Yuki rushes over. And is... Horrified.
1: <laughs>
0: well, he's immediately just like, did my brother do anything to you? And I'm just Yuki, like, Yuki, what, do you what the I Aimee
1: did to her? <laughs>
0: i don't know i mean he did immediately like crawl into her clothes
1: yeah um, that's the connection he makes that he he's like a deviant like like he's like a sexual deviant basically yeah like i really think that's what he thinks of ayame and that he's like a sexual deviant and so he's just gonna like that's so fucking homophobic yuki <laughs> <laughs> yuki's
0: a homophobe he's a gay homophobe oh yuki
1: Um, I was wondering what you thought of Toru asking Yuki this question. I mean, obviously, Ima like puts her up to it. Do you think she just does it because Ima put her up to it, and she's like, "Yeah, I think it'll help." (laughs) I
0: think, I think, partially is like a she's pretty suggestible as a person, Uh Um, and b I think there was probably an element of her own curiosity. Mm. Like what does Yuki? What are, like, okay, I hear. I now know Ima's perspective of this situation. Ima's perspective of their relationship. But I think she's like, she she she's as a character genuinely interested in everyone's lives. She wants to know other people's stories. So I think on some like, a Ima was probably like, hey, but and she's easily goes along with things. And I think also she was probably just like, let's see what Yuki has to say about this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do, like, I like that they show us, like, Yuki's... Because, like, the way that, like, Yuki has been reacting to Ima's is obviously... Like, he's being very reactive, because yeah. I's right in front of him, and he's kind of antagonizing him. Um, but I would like that we get Yuki's more, calmer, more, like, intelligent answer of just, like, I just don't know how to deal with him. Yeah,
0: I thought it was interesting... I forgot to make a note of this earlier in the episode where we were talking about this part, but, like, when IMA is like, whatever... Bossing around Toru and being like a dickhead. Um, Yuki perceives this as like Ayame is consciously making fun of Toru. Mm. Um and he's he's viewing Ayame as a lot more, I think, deliberately mean-spirited and uh kind of like just like, yeah, mean-spirited and actively like saying nasty things. Cause that's what he's used to. He's used to when people are being a bitch to him. It's like Akito or Shigure or like so I think he's like doesn't know how to deal with Ima, who is just like a fucking bulldozer of a person um
1: yeah I mean it does remind me of the way that he reacts to like Kakeru when they first meet
0: yeah and I think that's like partially a like there's difference in personalities and also partially like Yuki is not used to dealing with people who are not like good at controlling their words because he's so tightly controls his and is used to people who are very, like, deliberate about the way they speak and present themselves to others. So I think he doesn't have, like, an easy time understanding people who have, like, oh, just kind of have a hard time inhibiting themselves in what they say.
1: And also, one more thing, is that, like, the way that, like, like we obviously, like, when we, the audience, see Yuki, he's interacting with people that he knows. But for the most part, like, when Yuki has, like, interactions with everyone else in the school, I would say that Yuki is probably the one in control of the conversation because people just, like, bow at Yuki's fucking feet. They're, like, everyone's obsessed with him because he, like, does, he's, like, good at the, like, manipulation thing. And so like with IMA, IMA, as we said, like cannot be controlled. And it was it's kind of the same with like Kakeru and that like he just doesn't know how to control the conversation with Kakeru.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so I think it it kind of like diminishes his self-esteem.
0: It like a it it, like it just like throws him off his rhythm. He doesn't like know how to handle that. He's because he's he's a like he's er not a, but um he's got pretty limited social skills and when he is Taken off script or just taken out of dynamics, he's like comfortable with dealing. It puts him, it, he just it becomes disoriented and upset. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's like
1: a fish out of water.
0: Yeah, oh, Yuki, uh, yeah.
1: I thought the effect of IMA's like it's like a voice of God, <laughs> 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 I like the booming voice of God where he's like, <laughs> Oh, that's so funny.
0: And I like that Kyo is just there. Kyo's like, oh, Kyo my just God
1: has God. to like witness these things, and he's like going to get a glass of water. <laughs>
0: Kyo's trying so hard to live his life. This episode,
1: I know. It's, it's, every it's, it's like every time IMA is over, that's what it's like. Kyo is just minding
0: his own business, and IMA is like, oh, Kyo's around. Hi, Kyo. Kyo's like, please don't please. Look at me. <laughs> I don't see you. You don't see me. Please. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, love Kyo waking up at five in the morning.
0: Kyo, you fucking weirdo.
1: That's how I know he goes to bed at 8 30 pm.
0: Literally. Like the first one in the bath, goes to sleep, falls asleep like a rock, walks up at uh, yeah. 5 a.m. to do a- calisthenics or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Kyo doing his uh, morning calisthenics while Toru cooks breakfast and Yuki is just completely dead to the world.
1: No, Yuki wakes up like like uh like by the time Yuki gets downstairs, Toru's putting the plates on the table.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Toru and Yuki are Kyo and Toru are both morning people. Well, Toru just doesn't fucking sleep. Um, <laughs> Toru is one of those people that like you don't realize is an insomniac, and then you're like, "You got how many hours of sleep last night?" And she's like, "Oh, I got a whole five
1: <laughs>
0: You're like, and meanwhile, Yuki five? gets like
1: twelve every night. No, that's yeah. not true because Yuki goes to bed at two in the morning
0: yeah kyo is the one that has like gets the full eight hours yeah but if, he, if he oversleeps he feels sluggish so he won't do it yeah. like <laughs> kyo's such a regimented little asshole um yeah, it's an athlete. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he like if he deviates from his schedule he just like gets grumpy and upset and he's like Definitely. i can't handle being any grumpier than my baseline so we have to be regimented <laughs>
1: Not to evoke horoscopes because I don't believe in them, but that's why Kyo's a Capricorn. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so love the fucking joke of IMA being in Keo's bed. Truly fucking hysterical.
0: Just... Oh, Kyo is just trying to mind his own business and his enemy's brother is like trying to cuddle him. And he's like His enemy's who brother the- who
1: he thinks is gay. Yeah! It's like my enemy's gay brother. My gay enemy's gay brother. (laughs) You could have just slept with Shigurei. Dude, that fucking- oh my god. (laughs) But Shigurei doesn't let me get any sleep. And they're all
0: just like trying to eat breakfast. (laughs)
1: They're trying to eat breakfast and oh my god.
0: So you just like, please stop telling me
1: about your sex life. I just love like, IMa just brings like the sexual tension like in every scene he's in. He's like yeah. everything is about sex now.
0: <laughs> he's like one of those like really like sex. He like really latched onto sex positivity.
1: Um, he <laughs> yeah, really
0: does. That's what his fucking speech is like sex is natural why are you guys such prudes like it's just a normal part of human beings why should we feel shame about it it has continued our legacy it is like healthy we should all have like fun great sex and everyone's like i mean he's kind of right (laughs) and it's like this is why (laughs) and we should let's go back a bit we we can get to that
1: (laughs) and then they they go to to school. school this was another like weird like okay like translation thing there were two translations things in the scene actually so basically like momiji messes up the word for bonding like when he's saying brotherly bonding Uh uh-huh and the Japanese so the subtitles for the Japanese change it to banding so it's brotherly banding but the Uh English dub he says brotherly bondage which is about five million times funnier. I'm pretty sure that's what is meant to be the thing. I yeah, I think it's supposed yeah. to be a sex joke. Yeah. And that's why Haru was like, it's bonding. <laughs> 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 like I that's why he says it like the way that he says it. He's like Yeah. No.
0: <laughs> you know Haru knows what bondage is.
1: Look <laughs> at kind of how Haru dresses. Yeah, he, wears he knows a what bondage to school. is. He wears- <laughs> <laughs> he wears a fucking collar to school! Oh, man.
0: He literally wears a collar to school. Like, I don't know what else can be said other than
1: he literally wears a collar. <laughs> um, And then the other translation thing that I was like, I don't know why they changed this either, because they also say this, they say the same exact line in Japanese and English. And what Momiji says is, yuki puki hilarious yes (laughs) (laughs) but then they change the subtitle in the japanese to like is he sick it's like no you could have just said yuki Puki. like i it's clear what he means
0: (laughs) stop translating the jokes away
1: he's making a little joke and this joke happened to be in english yeah rude Um, anyway but yeah i love that haru like spots yuki from like they both spot haru spot yuki from like 20 feet away and they're both like yikes (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs>
0: yuki was like aged 50 years they're like oh i see ayame happened to him
1: um, i don't have anything else to say about the school scene then they go back home
0: yeah i think momiji likes ayame i think momiji is like gets a kick out of him um,
1: Yeah, yeah yeah i want to
0: talk about how they have similar personalities sort oh of. please yeah yeah like i think i think to a certain degree growing up as soma did similar things to them where they both knew that like conforming really hard and trying to fly under the radar that way wouldn't be an option for them. So they instead went in the other direction and just like basically they're annoying on purpose to be to protect themselves. Like it's literally like if they are hard to deal with, then they people will try to deal with them less and they'll be left alone. Like, I think that, like, to a certain degree, like, IMA is just IMA to it. Like, I think that nature and nurture, to a certain extent, there's no way he wasn't going to be the way he was. But I think also being in that environment, like, whether or not it was a conscious, I don't think it was, I think it's conscious for Momiji and unconscious for IMA, and that IMA, like, learned how to steamroll people, learned how to be a really big, grandiose personality, and then therefore how to get away with things and how to make people have a hard time saying no to him as just, like, a way to deal with the environment he grew up in and, like, escape just, like, the toxic and abusive situation, his controlling mother, and just, like... He, that's how he figured out how to, like, be his own person that was less influenced by the somas. And Momiji does a similar thing with his whole, like, baby act where he knows people will take him less seriously and he knows he'll be left to his own devices. More often, if everyone thinks he's, like, an annoying kid... But I think Momiji is like conscious of doing it, and Ima, I think it's like something that he just kind of like was conditioned into doing unconsciously.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I agree completely. I also think, and I'm not saying that Ima is dumb because I don't think that Ima is dumb. I think Ima is very smart. I think that Momiji is one of the most intelligent um, Zodiac members, like next to like Shigurei, Um, and I think that that like contributes to it to the like yeah. conscious versus unconscious thing.
0: For sure. Yeah. And, like, Momiji also just, like, had it worse. Um, Yeah, definitely. Like, Ima obviously probably had a pretty bad time being, like... Considering uh, his mother. (laughs) Considering who his mother is and just what we know about the Somas, but we, like, Momiji just had it really bad and had to figure out how to deal with that really young. Um,
1: yeah, so. yeah. There's definitely like no comparing. Like what happ- what went down with Momiji's parents is yeah. one of stands out as one of the worst.
0: It's just batshit. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm excited for that episode. It happens yeah, usually you get the tragic backstory of a character the episode they're introduced, but Momiji they hold off, which is I think Which I, I like and that. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I like it. It like a breaks it up, and I think it makes it hit harder.
1: And then they go home. And now we have some, some, some real just, stuff. So de- like IMA's most iconic lines. <laughs> just, I love the scene.
0: I love, I love the little teen photos of them. I think they're so they're cute. so
1: cute. The <laughs> little
0: teen Mabudachi trio. Um,
1: they did a good job. Um, they, both the reboot and the mega does a good job of the like teenage version of the three of them. They they look yeah. teenaged. They look like themselves but teenaged. It's cute.
0: Yeah, and I like that Like, may and Shigure both look smug and they're like, Yeah, we know that we're the hottest boys at this school. <laughs> and
1: Hatsuri is
0: just like standing there exhausted.
1: No, Hatsuri, you could just see like the like I hate my life energy exuding off yeah. of her in that photo. <laughs> like, why are these my
0: friends? <laughs> it's like, These are my two best friends in the entire world. I'm in hell. <laughs> uh, poor Hatsuri. Yeah. And doesn't Kyo say that poor Hattori, basically, about that situation? I, I think so. I think like, so. exactly. He's just like, oh, Jesus. you <laughs> Hattori really got stuck with you two?
1: <laughs> so the first flashback is the... but This scene, this whole... Both of those flashbacks are something I think of when I think of Fritz Basket. But the Lulubara thing... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just, like... It doesn't matter how many times I see this fucking episode, I cry laughing every time that happens. So funny. It's like, A, eh? this is one of the funniest jokes. Like, he's just, like, talking directly out of his ass, full hesitation, or, or without any hesitation, fully confident. I I truly believe this is not something he prepped, this is something no. he was, like, making up on the fly and speaking <laughs> it with, like, a full, weighted authority. Just complete nonsense. <laughs>
1: This is what we were saying before we started recording is that American IMA is a drama kid. Yeah. And this scene is so why. He's
0: so funny. It's so funny. IMA would funny. kill
1: at an improv club.
0: <laughs> he would be so good at
1: improv. Yeah, he would be so I good hate at improv. I would
0: improv, but I would watch him.
1: Um, I just, yeah. My note is where does IMA even come up with this shit? <laughs> <laughs> And that I really like the little detail that before he starts the story, like Yuki and Kyo are like whatever sitting in their corners, and then when they come, when we return back to the room, both of them have just have their face in their hands. <laughs> they, they're just exhausted by it. It's
0: so funny. No, Yuki and Kyo in this whole like bit where just like watching them both sulk on opposite sides of the room and react to IMA is the, in the fucking exact best. same
1: way. It's so um, funny. Oh, so I love Toru's, you're royalty? And they're just like, oh my god. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was clearly lying! <laughs> was just...
1: Yeah, and I love
0: how it's like, an example of how, like, Shigure is really good at lying. Ima is not good at lying. He's just like, so aggressive that people let him do literally whatever. He just steamrolls <laughs> people.
1: Yeah, because like, what he's saying, like, it doesn't make any sense what he's saying. It makes no fucking sense. functional just
0: hitting you with a baseball bat until you yeah. say, yeah,
1: sure, you can keep your hair long. <laughs> like, <laughs> people let him do what they want because they want to escape that interaction. So funny. Yep. Weaponizing yeah. being annoying. <laughs> Literally.
0: Oh, I wish I had that skill, sort of. Um, <laughs> when I'm annoying, people are just like, what? <laughs> like, please stop telling me about Supernatural. Like... <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um I love IMA. That scene really did make me cry. So good. Um, um and then I wanted to mention Yuki finally being curious about IMA is because um, IMA finally, he finally found out something about IMA that he respects. Which is that he was student council president. Nothing IMA has ever said before or anything he's learned about IMA, he's respected. But now that he learned that he was the student council president, Yuki's like, that is respectable.
0: Like, what? They let you do that? Why? They let you (laughs) do that. He's like, what? Why would they? Okay, tell me more.
1: I want to figure out how the fuck that happened. And then I I did take a note of one directing thing that I thought was like really like it was very funny and like very cute and clever, is that when IMA delivers the lie or the uh, the words um, like red light district, pleasure district, uh-huh. there's a three way split screen for the for Yuki Toru, yeah, and, that was and so Kyo and it comes together and they're like ah and then it like breaks apart. I thought that that was freaking adorable. That was a good was directing so good. thing yeah
0: no i love this i love that they're like how did this happen and shigure and ima are basically like well everyone thought ima was fucking hilarious so they elected him president for the drama (laughs) of it all like that's literally what they
1: did they were like this will be funny funny. like (laughs)
0: like ima was beloved because he was just insane and they wanted to see what would happen
1: (laughs) incredible that was that was (laughs) america voting for donald trump yeah
0: Oh, shut up <laughs> shut up oh <laughs> um, I will you know at least so far we've gotten through this episode without like Sophie getting a push notification from like inauguration day or something and me having a breakdown on well night, the inauguration's so. over okay yeah but the day isn't <laughs> over I'm not putting it past truckle fucks to pull stunts anyway um
1: um, I like, this is a, a really excellent Shigure line where they're like, yeah, so like these guys went to the Pleasure District and Shigure says like, yeah, we didn't go, but that's because we were already over that scene. Like,
0: and, and, and Kyoshi, <laughs> I, I also love that Kyo's like, his line and response is like, how do you just say that
1: offhandedly? What the fuck? Yeah, I like how that's a big cultural difference is how- Completely shook Kyo and Yuki are at this. I When I, I was in high school, I remember people talking about fucking constantly. Okay. <laughs> like, if Kyo I, was, like, disgusted.
0: No, if I heard him, if I heard t- someone talk about being high school aged and being bored of, like, the
1: red light district scene, I would be scandalized. Because. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I don't, but did, but I didn't interpret that as, like, they went to see prostitutes. I interpreted it as that that, that 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 he's basically saying that they weren't virgins anymore, so they didn't need to go to the red light. Yeah. District.
0: Okay. That that like that makes more sense. And that's like yeah, Suguru did call them dumb virgins. He was like LOL, <laughs> all of our classmates hadn't fucked
1: Well <laughs> we LOL. had fucked.
0: Um, but it we was had each fucked. other, but <laughs> 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 Like me and Imai just stayed home and had fun. <laughs> like so, so they had fun, probably, just, yeah. So Shigurei and Aime had clearly um, entertained each other as high schoolers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true! I don't I don't know how else you're supposed to read it. Everyone in the Mabudachi trio, they, like, Shigurei and Aime have the least fraught relationship out of those yeah. three. Yeah, They're just, like, straight having fun. The other, like, everything, other, every other combination of them has, like, a decent amount of baggage but those two like they're just like on the same wavelength as far as like fucking with each other and fucking each other um i
1: think like a lot of the dynamics in fruits basket like i don't think that if they weren't in the situation that that they were in they wouldn't like have a relationship I'm thinking like Yuki and Haru probably would never have become friends if they weren't in the situation that they were in, and like Shigure and Hatsuri. But like Shigure and Ayame, I think even if they didn't know each other, like they weren't related or anything, I think they would still be friends.
0: They would just get—they just get along. They have very yeah. compatible personalities. So shall we um. talk about the flashback? <laughs> I this scene fucking—it's the. It just, it's so much. It haunts me so much. And yeah, as I was saying before, I'm his giving his, like, sex positivity speech, right? He's like, sex is natural. Everyone, like, should everyone experience this sexual attraction? It's not a shameful thing. Why should we hate ourselves for our natural impulses? Yada, yada. And everyone's like, I mean, he's not wrong. Um, But I just love his audience right now is school staff teachers and i'm pretty sure the parents of the people who the parents yeah (laughs) who had gotten in trouble and like so he's just like giving this whole insane sex positivity speech while hot to be sitting there dead-eyed waiting for it (laughs) to go wrong
1: (laughs) and i love like that there's like an interjection from like one of the staff members and he's like so he was just pretending to be an idiot yeah!
0: yeah I, was like, I guess he's making points. Like, is, do, is he not an idiot? And then, of course, IMA is like, so naturally, if you have- if the students here have pent-up sexual frustrations, they
1: may direct it at me! And it's not dangerous because we're both boys. Dude, I have a solved homophobia while also <laughs> like, being a part of one of the most homophobic jokes in Fritz Basket. It's like, don't worry.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> he's so fucking. And, and then, yeah, uh, everyone immediately screaming, and he's like, you might wonder what, what my sexual preferences are. Yelling at the top of his lungs to the school, to all of his teachers, I am a bottom. <laughs> just bottom. <his> <laughs> I love him. He's
1: I so love him. fucking insane. He's I I know, like... like 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 the the Haru bringing that guy into the bathroom and showing him his pubes is my favorite joke in Fruits Basket. This is a cool, very close second. Yeah, it's just. <laughs>
0: I love that it demonstrates that Takaya knows what a bottom is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Takaya uh, knows what gay people are. <laughs> Takaya, why did you write for? <laughs> I love that Ima already knows that about himself.
0: He, he, you know, him and Sugarei had already figured it out. Like they uh, weren't, like they weren't scandalized by it. Was not new to them. It wasn't yeah. anything exciting. So yeah, Hotori uh, didn't even care. Hatsuri's sitting there still dead-eyed, like, waiting for the thing to settle down enough that anyone can hear him speak. Um, and then Ayame's like, and that's, dear brother, is how I solved the whole situation. They're all like, you what? And then is <laughs> like, it's because Hattery smoothed things over afterwards, but, like, Yeah. <laughs>
1: I love. We were talking about this. I don't remember what episode, but we had brought it up before that. Sometimes Yuki gets so angry that he sp- starts to sparkle. Uh, yeah, this is yeah, one yeah, of yeah. them when he starts sparkling. He's like, "Get out of my house! Yeah,
0: <laughs> leave! <laughs> Get yeah. out! <laughs> Get out right now!" <laughs> and I like that it like just that exchange continues in the background while other people are having a conversation. Yuki just continuing to sparkle menacingly at Ima and make try and make him leave.
1: And then Hatsuri arrives. Hatsuri arrives.
0: Yuki's knight in shining armor. Um, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> he's like, yo, Haru called and said that you were causing a ruckus. I'm dragging your ass home.
1: And I just love the instant he's like, all right, we're leaving. And Aimee's like, okay, bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, just like
0: teleports to the other outside of the door. Like just whips away no hesitation no like puts up zero of a resistance just instantly trots right off and I like how like everyone like reels from that and is like what just how how did he do that how did he make him do anything what happened how does he have powers um and Shugune is like "Ah, Hattori is the only one that IMA ever listens to literally ever (laughs) But he sure do listen to Hatori.
1: He does. He just fucking loves Hattori.
0: He loves Hattori so. Much. And he
1: and like we said, like Hattori is literally the only person other than himself that he respects. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, well, if Hattori's telling me to leave, then I should I leave. right.
0: <laughs> I trust Hattori's opinion. Hattori's never done me wrong. Let's dip. Uh. <laughs> And then they walk down the hill together um, mm-hmm. and kind of have a conversation. Is it, like, cutting back and forth to also, like, Shigure kind of explaining Hattori and IMA's dynamic to the kids? Okay. No, he-, ex- I-
1: he no, they had the conversation first where he's like, yeah, like, um- Ayame just really respects Hatari, and so he he's the only one he listens to. And Kyo is like, seriously? And Shigure is like, yeah. And then it cuts to the conversation. Yeah. Um, with Hatari um, and Ayame.
0: And Shigure mentions, like, you know, Hatari is someone Ayame really admires, and he has, like, qualities that Ayame wishes he has, but doesn't. And Yuki's like, interesting. <laughs> yeah. And then it cuts to the conversation on the hill. Um, yeah. Where Hatari is like, hey, dipshit, don't stop being an asshole. And I'm just like, I know. <laughs> but you know how it is. I just, like, I forget exactly, like, I'm forgetting the actual contents of this conversation. Yeah. They're saying, um, like,
1: like, Hatari is, like, you, like, Yuki is a kid. Yeah. You need to give him time. And Ayumi is and is like, you always know what to say, which, yeah, I think that's really, like, insightful that, like, Hats- Ima isn't showing that he's, like, having anxiety over his relationship with Yuki and that, like, his, like, basically, like, not- I don't have, like, a better term for it, but his advances aren't being received the way that he wants them to. And, like, I think it is very reassuring that Hatsuri, whose opinion he very much respects, is, like, he just needs time. Like, he's a kid and he has damage.
0: Yeah. It's, like, Hatsuri is one of the people that, like, most people have a hard time seeing past, like, all of IMA's constant performance of himself to, like, the actual sort of emotions behind what's happening. Uh, just because IMA is such, like, an extreme presence. And so Hatteri is one of the few people that's been with him long enough, grown up, can, like, see what's going on in his head and is able to say the right thing at the right time, which is part of why is loves him so much um. it is a
1: it, it's a different um view of today than we usually see like I I don't think we ever see Hattori really offering up like emotional support to people no um, it really like does define like what they're like we I the only other time we ever see them together is during when they go out to the actual lake house and not the beach house but the actual lake house um but the tables are kind of turned in that one cuz IMA is comforting Hotari. Um but it is uh uh interesting that like their relationship is one of um, like mutual emotional support. Actually it reminds me a little of Haru and Yuki.
0: Yeah, honestly. And like Hatteri doesn't have many emotion like that kind of relationship I think with like anyone but IMA. Like He's got yeah. a close relationship with Shigurei, but it's so
1: like weird it, and fraught. The relation- yeah, the relationship he has with Shigurei is not one of emotional support. <laughs> no. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's absolutely not. It's kind
0: of like, they're a little bit like checks and balances for each other. They they have a very sort of yin and yang dynamic, um, where they foil each other really well. And they kind of like, like I think to some extent like Shigurei will go to Hatari to kind of like check in on like what he's doing like not necessarily that like obviously Shigure is not afraid of breaking a few eggs to make an omelette but sometimes he's like wants to kind of hear it like sometimes he kind of wants to be chewed out I think like and he goes to Hattori for that where Hattori is like you're being a dick I'm not gonna but he so he's able to go get that reprimand without while also knowing that Hattori is not gonna stop him so yeah, it's mm-hmm. weird. And yeah. then Sugure is the one doing everything that Hatari is too afraid to do himself. You know,
1: yeah.
0: it's kind of reciprocal in a weird, bad way.
1: Yeah. Um. It uh, yeah. Ima. It is interesting in that like his dynamic with with Shigure and Ima. While obviously he is very close with them, and I'm sure they all know literally everything about one another. Um. That out of the three of them, Ima is the most normal and well-adjusted, and you can tell that like like it's reflected in his relationships with Ima with Amjad um, and Hatari.
0: Yeah, he's the one that's able to like actually have an emotional or like he has an emotional connection with Hatari, maybe the only emotional connection currently in Hatari's life. And then he has you know a, like a more fun, way less fraught relationship with Shigurei that I think is like less close. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's still like they've known each other forever. They like each other a lot. And then also is the only one that, like, is out in the world, like, right. forming relationships with other people, running his own business. Like, he's like, he was the one that got out while Shigure and Hattori very much just entrenched themselves deeper for different reasons. Shigure because he wanted to, and Hattori because he saw no escape.
1: Right. I like the, uh. so we go back to, like, Yuki and Toru, where, like, I like that they do dishes together and have their little heart-to-hearts. It's to cute. Hearts. Um, oh, this was actually one filmmaking nitpick that, like, Ibata is just like, it's so obvious, I'm pushing your face into it, because I have to yeah. make it as obvious as possible. But Yuki says, um, he's talking about IMA, he can get over himself and be friendly to someone who has what he doesn't, like, very obviously talking about his relationship with Kyo, and I think that, like, him acknowledging that, like, this early on, um, does show, like, why Yuki starts letting his shit with Kyo go before Kyo does, Mm -hmm. um, that, like, Yuki sees it muddled for him, um, in someone who is more similar to him than he would like to admit, um, yeah and then of course Toru turns around and looks directly at Kyo just in case we didn't make the connection. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I it was it yeah, it, it's heavy-handed. I sometimes it's like sometimes moments like that I can forgive a wee bit because Fruit's Basket I think is aimed at a younger audience than we are, yeah. so like whatever. I'll I'll swallow that pill otherwise i like cuz it's like i think it's like a good way to investigate that like for yuki to like start to investigate that relationship like just from like the actual standpoint of the content of that conversation so yeah, mm-hmm. it's fine. well we'll let it slide, let it slide. Not, <laughs> not that we can actually do anything about any of this we'll let it slide but it's already out there it's been up forever we have no say in it i think maybe like 30 people listen to this podcast like <laughs> way more people than i thought would I thought we were gonna have two listeners.
1: I know yes. <laughs> Thanks for sticking around for the season, hiatus. Yeah. I'm <laughs> enjoying
0: I hope you guys are enjoying us talking about season one while we wait for season three to come out. Um it's been fun for us, so yeah. Um but yeah, then we cut back to school, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause I don't I don't have anything else to say about that. It was pretty straightforward. Um, yeah. Uh
1: Haru Yuki y- Yuki Haru truthing always Time.
0: they're so good it's so like so cute it's so cute yuki is like this is one of the nicest things anyone's ever done for me <laughs> and Haru is like you're good right like <laughs> you okay you I love that the way he like he like runs to him yeah they're so cute they just love each other they look up for each other they're just good yeah um like, Yuki, well, Yuki isn't quite looking up for Haru yet at this point. Yeah. I think he starts looking up for Haru more when Yuki is less In like... In season 2. Yeah. In season 1, Yuki's just dealing with a lot of his own stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And Haru's keeping an eye out for him. Because they yeah. are good, and they love each other. And it's just whole... True. It's good. It's just good.
1: Yeah. Oh, and then we got... There is one little scene where Toru's like, yeah, he runs like a store, <laughs> or, like, and he sells like whatever. And Hana's like, um, a fetish shop? <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> no one's given Toru sex ed. Toru doesn't, like, use the internet. She, like, doesn't know
1: <laughs> No, Toru doesn't know how to use the internet. <laughs> yeah. No, Kyo I think, and- my, my opinion is that Kyoko did give Toru sex ed, but it was more like, this is how you put on a condom and you should always use a condom. like a, Like, a safe sex thing and not a, like, this is what a sex shop is. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah i mean that's what most sex ed is yeah basically toru doesn't use the internet and is just weirdly naive for someone that age um, yeah but truly i feel like kyo and toru are both luddites that like don't use some social media <laughs> or the internet or anything and it's like they just like don't know shit no what they don't no. know any memes any meme goes o- directly over Kyo and Toru's head. Kyo seems to know more about sex than Toru does. Mm-hmm. Um, cuz he has the same like reactions that Yuki does while Toru's like, "What?" Yeah. Um but Kyo also just has the personality of someone who doesn't use social media.
1: Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um yeah, this episode's getting pretty long, so we should probably yeah, end it. Yeah, okay, we should end. <laughs> it's great. We love this episode. Clearly, this is a good episode. It podcast. had to be long because we love the adults and IMA. This is like IMA's like time to shine. Yeah,
0: yeah. He gets a couple other episodes, but this is his
1: big character episode.
0: I love him. Yeah. He's great. Okay, He's take us out.
1: Um, Thanks for <laughs> listening to this week's podcast. Um, If you want to hit us up on social media, on Twitter and Tumblr, it's so much so good. Um...